Though the global pandemic may be slowing things down, Spring Branch is taking tangible steps forward to keep our economy strong, like supporting our local businesses, linking them to free online business courses, and help from our top leaders. Spring Branch is working for businesses. Yours. Find out more at sbmd.org. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Looped In. This is the Houston Chronicle podcast all about real estate. The dirt, the deals, the people, the places, it's all here. I'm Nancy Sarno, real estate reporter with the Houston Chronicle. And today on the show, I am pleased to welcome back my former co-host, Alan West. Hey, Alan. Hey, Nancy. How's your new job? (laughs) Next question. Are you saving the world? Um, I'm getting there. (laughs) (laughs) So, Alan, I know we have a lot to catch up on, but I am just going to get straight to today's topic. Let's do it. The Astrodome. Today, we have a very exciting guest to talk about the future of this iconic Houston building, architect James Richards. James, welcome to Looped In. Thank you. So, James, you live in Los Angeles, but you have ties to Houston, and it would probably be an understatement to say that you are passionate about the Astrodome. (laughs) You have been advocating for a few years now for a proposal to redesign the dome, essentially to strip off the outside structure, leaving the skeleton exposed and creating a park with all kinds of amenities, including a very cool circular boardwalk where people could walk or ride from the ground floor to the top of the dome. Your plan is called simply a dome park. And uh, James, first tell us what your connection is to Houston. Well, uh, my wife came here for graduate school uh, back in 2015. Mm -hmm. So we moved from New York to Houston. She went to Rice for architecture for graduate school. And so I was actually teaching at U of H and doing some small projects. And I was looking for something to do uh, here in Houston. And this sort of 2015 was the 50th anniversary of the Astrodome. Okay. So there was a kind of big open house. Mm. And I thought it would attract like, you know, 10 geeky architects or whatever. <laughs> and I went to this thing and there's helicopters flying around and there's literally tens of thousands of people yeah. there. And I was just stunned that there was such an, like an outpouring of interest in this building. And I was like, what, you know, what's happening with this building yeah. and what, you know, what's the future of it? So I started to look into that. You know, there, were, there's, there are preservation groups. There are people who want to sort of bring it back to 1965, very n- a nostalgic kind of approach. Mm-hmm. And as an architect, I, you know, when I started to delve into it and I started to collect the drawings and, and some of the most popular images of the building are it as a construction site. And it has a power like that as a construction site that it doesn't have today. You, you mean know, when you look at it, it's... The, just it's, to see the, the the transparency of it, to yeah. see the pure structure of yeah. it. It's just, just incredibly powerful. Like the Eiffel Tower is powerful. You know, like the George Washington Bridge is powerful. Mm-hmm. There, if, if, if you don't know this, the George Washington Bridge in, in New York, it, the original proposal was to clad it in stone. Hmm. Uh, because at that time it was built, people thought that would be just too... Stark. Radical <laughs> to see the exposed structure. And all sorts of engineers and architects signed petitions and said, don't you dare clad those towers in, in stone, like the Brooklyn Bridge is clad yeah. in stone. Mm-hmm. It's different structure. And the Brooklyn Bridge is obviously a beautiful structure. But 
Yeah. Um, the idea of exposing structure is some somehow terrifying to people, I think, a little bit because mm -hmm. it's like a skeleton. Yeah. But there are many precedents. I mean, the Eiffel Tower, you know, was built just as an exhibit for a World's Fair, but you know, it was built to be torn down essentially. But when when it went up, um, people just fell in love with it. And can you imagine Paris without the Eiffel Tower? Mm. I mean, that would be. <laughs> No so, one would go. No yeah. one would go. There's no other reason. Yeah. Either. I mean, I'm going off on a tangent. So, but the, when I started to look at that structure and just the innovation of it, yeah, this long span structure, um, it's basically a base structure and a dome structure. And the engineers for the base are actually still here in Houston, Walter P. Moore. Mm -hmm. They designed the base and, and the dome structure was designed by a engineering firm out of Missouri. That doesn't exist anymore. It's called Roof Structures Incorporated. And they built the uh, Superdome in New Orleans. Mm. The Superdome is about 40 feet bigger span. The Astrodome, the Astrodome was the first uh, long span lamella structure. And it's, it's a remarkable thing. You know, it's incredibly, for the span of 640 feet, the maximum depth of the lamella dome beams are five feet. So it's just incredibly thin. Mm. And it's... Uh, yeah, so that that just made me really interested in, in yeah. bringing it back to that condition. I love that image of you showing up as, you know, thinking you were going to be one of 10 <laughs> yeah. design nerds looking at this building, and, and we're surprised that that was not the case. What did you know of the Astrodome before? What were your impressions of the building? Had you thought about it oh, at well, all when you lived in New York? Was oh, just... yeah, for sure. I mean, the Astrodome is like this iconic building. You know, it's like a futuristic thing, right? Mm -hmm. It looks like a you know flying saucer landed in in Houston, mm -hmm. and it, it it definitely was something I knew about. You mm -hmm. know, I grew up in New York. I was a Yankees fan. I know that's not that's not something you should admit when you when you live in Texas. But we welcome all sports fans here. But but I, but I was also a huge Nolan Ryan fan. You know, so and he mm -hmm. was an Astro. And, you know, he'll always be remembered as an Astro, right? Okay, so we're talking about Nolan Ryan, but for you as the Astrodome, is it a sports thing or is it an architecture thing? For me, the Astrodome is what happened inside of it. The sports, all of the events, the memories people had, you know, th this kind of thing. I, As an architect, I know this is going to sound mean, but I I don't think it's a significant work of architecture. Gasp! Um, so, and, and many people have said that, but it is a very, very significant work of structural engineering hmm. and beautiful. You know, I think architecture is really hard to do because you need a great project, great program, a great client. All these things have to come together. You're not, architects are not artists. They're not like just painting alone in their, in their attic, deciding to use the color blue. You know, it's like, they're holding the brush and 10 people are pulling their arms and saying, no, I want it to be red. You know, so it's really hard to do architecture. So I'm not blaming uh, the architects for the outcome. And it, it, we had a very difficult client, Roy Hofheinz, who was the, the, <laughs> the judge, mm -hmm. uh, the Harris County judge, was a visionary, a kind of P.T. Barnum figure, kind of like Donald Trump, you might, might even say, just very, you know, type A uh, dominant personality and really took over the architectural ambitions of the building, in my opinion. And that, that, not just my opinion. There are other people have, have written about that. But he, he was a very significant person. Huh. Uh, he was county judge. I'm sure you know this, but he was county judge at 23 years old. So that's... Well, I know where he's buried. Where is he buried? 
Glenwood Cemetery. Oh. <laughs> have you been there, by the way? No. Oh, it's beautiful. Maybe I have. I, I, no, I went you... to a lot of cemeteries in Houston when I was here. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. It's it's the it's the most famous. Howard Hughes is buried there. It's near downtown. It's um, Charlotte Oh, Allen's yeah. No, sure, yeah, sure. I've been yeah. there. Yeah. 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 It's, it's a beautiful. Beautiful. It's amazing. Yeah. 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 Sorry. No, that's okay. <laughs> All right. So back to the dome. What, uh, or back to your plan, really. Can you tell us about it? What What is a dome park? Well, it, it, it's a plan basically to transform the Astrodome into an active urban park, right? So active urban park is like a park that has lots of programming, lots of things you can do, lots of, like Discovery Green, for instance, mm-hmm. you know, where you have kayaking, you have trails, you have an amphitheater, you have all sorts of outdoor um, activities are possible, right? Like Herman Park, like the Bayou Parks. I have to also say the idea of stripping the Astrodome down to the structure is not a new idea. That idea was proposed in 2010. I, I forget exactly who proposed it. It was okay. proposed again in 2011 by Patrick Lopez, a graduate student at the University of Houston, Ryan Slattery, yeah. did a beautiful proposal mm-hmm. of just exposing, just keeping the structure. He did a super purist proposal where just the support structure that was necessary for supporting the dome was left, was was retained. And then he created a kind of catch basin under the dome that would mitigate flood, I guess, mm-hmm. which is a great idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was a beautiful project. And I actually contacted him about it when I when I discovered that project. Okay. I was interested in collaborating with him, but he 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 was very proud and I, I respect that. Cause I, I I wanted him to take it further. Right. Which is it's gotta be a little can't be so pure. You can't propose something like that. I, in my opinion, hmm. it has to. It has to be engaging. You have to has, program it. Yeah, I mean, way. you know, Houston doesn't have a mountain. You know, can you imagine if you had a mountain here? This right. that ramp is a two mile, one to twenty slope. You wouldn't even notice it. It's such a gradual slope. You don't need any landings for it. Anybody in a wheelchair could easily go up it. The way two, you've designed it. That but, ramp. Yeah. You know, two miles to the top. Okay, I was going to ask how long. Yeah, Which and you can, and, and that scares people. They're like, "Oh my God, two miles!" How? But you can get off wherever you want. There are elevators. There, you know, okay. you could go up ten feet and come back. But huh. the way Ben, my partner Ben Al- Ben Alshner, and I envisioned it was is a place that you would return return visits, just like Herman Park, just like the Bayou Parks, right? You know, and that it would bring. I mean, there have been you know very serious studies on active urban parks and their um, how they contribute to the health and well being of a community. So it's it's really uh, we felt it could really bring something mm-hmm. po- very positive in, in terms of health and, and well being to the city. It's so interesting about the idea of this huge hill or this mm-hmm. mountain. How tall is the dome? Two hundred and seventy feet to the t- uh, from the parking level. Mm-hmm. Um, the Astrodome. If, if I I went in it on that tour thing, and I you know. It's closed to the public now, mm-hmm. so I don't know how many people remember it. But the playing field of the Astrodome is actually 25 feet below the parking level. Okay. So it's sunken down. So if you put that in the perspective of a, like a skyscraper, that's... A 30-story like building. Stories. Okay. Yeah. yeah. You would have spectacular views from, mm-hmm. from sure. that. Yeah. yeah. You could see what uh, the expanse that used to be Astroworld. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Beautiful unmowed grass just waiting to be filled with cars. <laughs> The, the question that I, I wanted to ask is there has never really been, as you pointed out with Ryan's proposal, mm-hmm. a shortage of, 
amazing mm-hmm. ideas for what to do with this thing. Mm-hmm. The question then is always viability, right? And right. so now we know that Astrodome is a state antiquities landmark, so mm-hmm. you need THC approval to mm-hmm. do anything to it. My question though, so how do you make this appeal to the Texas Historical Commission? It's going to be a challenge. Yeah. I mean, yeah, no, it, I, I've talked, I've spoken with them, you know, but the, the, the thing about it is, you know, I, I worked for, uh, I worked on a, um, a historic renovation project, uh, a very well known one in New York City called the Park Avenue Armory. Okay. Um, it was done by Herzog and Demeron. I used to work for them back in 2000 and, uh, 2007 through 2000, 2011. I was a project manager on that. It's a $200 million restoration of a you know, a gigantic armory on Park Avenue. And the thing about, and and we did a fairly radical restoration to it in that we added new layers to it. Uh, We didn't just, the the goal was not just to restore it back to its original pristine 1860 or 1870 um, design. So usually what these kind of historic organizations ask you to do is they, they ask you to come up with an argument for what is the most significant layer of the building. So Ben and I feel that uh, the most significant layer is the engineering. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we can strip back to that, right? That, that's, our, that's, our, that's our kind of thinking. There is no, currently there is no plans to restore it back to 1965. So you're already deleting all sorts of things. And honestly, it wouldn't be difficult to restore it back to 1965. The, the drawings are available. I have all the drawings for the building. They're all, they're all at uh, Columbia University, and they're available online. Um, and there's all kinds of forensic Im- information in the photographs. So you could restore it back to its pristine state of 1965 if you wanted to. Yeah, but that would take... It would cost hundreds, hundreds of millions. millions. It, probably a bil- billions. Even. Wow. Yeah. Well, so to Alan's point, though... You have to convince Harris County that this is the right thing to do. This is not, I, see, I mean, yeah, this is yeah, not yeah. your building. So we see it as a grassroots movement, just like the High Line in New York. Have you been to the High Line in New mm-hmm. York? Or um, there's a thing called the Plus Pool in New York yeah, that's, yeah. that's happening. <laughs> it's a floating swimming pool in the East River. Yeah. Okay, okay. That's oh, in yeah, the shape of a that. cross. So, and it, it was proposed by an architect, uh, you know, just on a whim because he, wanted a place to swim in New York. So, <laughs> Houston but, needs one of those, yeah, by the way. But, a, a swimming hole. That's, that, Houston needs that's a swimming so hole. That's so true. Whisper, whisper, it needs whisper. a lot of swimming holes. Yeah. Like, th- can you imagine if this city had like a whole like Swiss cheese of swimming holes everywhere? That would right. be fantastic. And it does. It's just, they're just in people's backyards. And <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. But that's, water, water that's everywhere. So wrong. A place to swim. Yeah. That's so wrong. Yeah. That's, a, that's a feature we're going to add to the version 2 Adon Park is a gigantic lap pool that goes like, around 360 degrees at the top layer yeah it's gonna be insane lazy river though any lazy river? it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna have all kinds of different depths for you know kids and for serious swimmers and whatever but it's like a mile you know it's like barton springs in in, uh in austin yeah Yeah, it's like you know just for serious swimmers (laughs) and and you know at all ranges okay so grassroots what yeah so grassroots is like so uh, let me talk about the high line a little bit so the high line in New York was an old railroad on the west side that was in the state of no, no use, um, wasn't used anymore. And two people, two guys, not architects, who were living in the neighborhood said, hey, we, we should do something with this. Let's not tear it down. Let's think about how to adaptively reuse it. And they started a movement. They started a movement called Friends of the High Line. Mm-hmm. 
and they got people interested and they got architect they had a competition and in the end Diller and Scafidio and um, I forget the name in the landscape uh, architect James, James Corner, Corner. Yeah. yeah won it and they built it and it's like the most successful new park in the history of New York yeah um, and it, and it created all this development around it. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. it was the brainchild of two non-architects who just lived in the neighborhood and just went out and got people to sign petitions. And same with the Plus Pool now has 100,000 signatures to get this thing done. And it looks like it's going to happen. But that, How that, was it funded? How was the Highline funded? A uh, lot of big um, donations from rich people. I think Barry Diller gave it like $30 million. He, okay. You know, his building is right on the west side there, mm-hmm. the uh, IAC building by Frank Gehry. So there, there was that, but I think there was also a public-private partnership. So we envisioned that as well for the Dome is like Adome Park, a public-private partnership, just like Discovery Green. Mm-hmm. You know, let's not use public money on this project. I think it's wrong. Houston has so many problems. And, and it's refreshing to hear Lena uh, Hidalgo talk about there, there are other things we need to solve first before we start throwing $95 million right. at this restoration project that's not even really a restoration project when you look at it they're erasing the playing field right Mm -hmm. the exterior of the building has been radically altered all the berms are gone Mm -hmm. so if if you look at the astrodome in a classical sense it has a base a middle and a top it's Mm -hmm. a very classical building the base is gone it was removed in 2013 like just bulldozed so and there's no plans to return that base and the ramp towers too that were added yeah they were were added for accessibility requirements those are gone they were blown up. But that, that, that's Those not part original. of the original. Right. Yeah. Right. They are built in 1998 after the signing of the Americans with Disabilities Act. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So that's another interesting twist in this is that the, the Ed Emmett, who you mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. the county commissioner, the Harris County commissioner for, for years and years mm-hmm. was replaced this year with mm-hmm. uh, Lena Hidalgo. And she's definitely kind of taken a step back like – Let's let's not move full steam ahead. I mean, mm-hmm. she also has a, a lot of other issues, more important issues, sure. arguably to deal with. Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> yeah. but yeah. Uh, but you know, she did make some news recently because she was taken on a tour of the property and said something like, asked about the air conditioning, or the air conditioning came up about mm-hmm. the plan, and they said, oh well, the hundred and ten million or it's hundred and five million, hundred and five million that was allocated for it to not include air conditioning. Mm-hmm. And so that created a big hubbub. And <laughs> the uh, the county engineer said, well, we're planning to use some sort of ventilation system. Mm-hmm. It doesn't need to have air conditioning initially. That, mm-hmm. that can be added later. But your proposal eliminates the need for air conditioning entirely <laughs> because it's essentially an outdoor right. park. Well, the parking levels aren't outdoor. And we the right. way we would air condition those is that they're actually underground. So if you dig down into the ground like 10 feet, you mm-hmm. get a constant temperature of like 50 or 60 degrees. We propose air conditioning in the parking levels which using the thermal mass of the earth and fans, mm-hmm. not building huge condensers and, right. you know, like what was there before. Right. The air conditioner, it's interesting, for the building was also demolished. I don't know why it was. It was a 5 million ton air conditioner condensing unit on that. It was the size of a house. On the side of the building, on the back side of the building. I mean, that was also somewhat a historic innovation, right? To, yeah. Because they had to pump it in at a certain level. Yeah. So all the cigarette smoke would rise above it. <laughs> but they didn't want to freeze out people in the middle, right? So they had yeah. to create all these diffusers, right, yeah. in order to balance the temperature? Yeah. It yeah. was it was super cold in there, yeah. apparently. It was like an icebox. 
But that's Texas, you know, to me, that's like classic. I went to UT Austin for graduate school and that place was like just a refrigerator all the time in the summer, you know. Yes. You had to bring down jackets and sweaters and stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Love it, love it. Well, so the idea of it being outside raises another Mm -hmm. question and it's just the, the, you know, continual argument or debate that people have in Houston. Well, is outdoor space okay? Are we too hot? To have an outdoor shopping center, are yeah. we too hot to? It's valid. Yeah. You know, spend money on on a big park. Ahem, no, I mean, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> sorry to interrupt. But, but yeah, I mean, we're obsessed with air conditioning. Yeah, so. but the the I think the air conditioning. It's very interesting because I started to look into air, air conditioning in Houston. It's a relatively recent phenomenon. It's really only took really really serious levels of it in the '60s started mm-hmm. to happen. You know, late '50s, '60s, and if you look at old photographs of downtown Houston before there was tunnels and air conditioning, yeah, this street life was amazing. It was vibrant. You know, it was so beautiful. And now they've created the situation where you get in your car when you, it's seventy degrees, with air conditioning. You go into the parking lot. You go into the tunnel. That's also air conditioned, and the street life is gone because why would you go outside? It's too hot, right? So, yeah. Yeah, and that's, it is coming back. Though. You have to ask. There's your, a movement. No, no, no. I think it is. Yeah. That, that's why I feel. Right. That's why I feel a new breath of life on Adon Park. And the, there's definitely a growing movement for outdoors in Houston. I mean, look at the new Post Building yeah. by OMA. So that uh, you, you guys are following that, right? So that's a yeah. six-acre outdoor park on a roof. Right. In Houston. Right. Isn't that crazy? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Too much parking, though, don't you think, Nancy? But the amount of like outdoor successful public spaces in Houston right. is just amazing. I mean, like Centennial, is it Centennial Gardens, the one with mm-hmm. the beautiful spiral? You know, that's our mountain. Yeah, yeah. But imagine the yeah. Adon Park at ten times higher. Yeah, and that is so popular, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. Even on the hottest days of the summer, yeah. it's you know, it's single exactly. file up and down. Exactly. Well, just and to get well, those views. I, I mean, I do have to say the views from that are a little more pleasant, probably, than the views from. The Astrodome, but yeah. well, if you talk they're, about, they're wider and yeah, yeah. But people know, can I, use the engineering of the Astrodome to admire the engineering of six ten. <laughs> now that's that's such a good point. Like the the Highline in in New York gives you a whole different perspective on New York because you're not on the sidewalk. Yeah, you're thirty feet up in the air and you're like, wow, you're looking into people's windows and it's, it's just so beautiful. It's weird, you know. Yeah, and I think also views to me are very subjective. You know, what's beautiful, what's not. I mean. For me, the NRG Stadium, that's not beautiful. Mm-hmm. That, that thing is, <laughs> I don't want to look at that, but yeah. that's my personal yeah. <laughs> Sure. But the, the structure of the Astrodome is so beautiful. Actually, we're building a physical model of it right now. Like a, You are, yeah. Which is insane because, and I, I'm building it. It's like a torch, exercise in torture. <laughs> but um, it's not because it's just radiant, the beauty of this thing. Like, if it were structure, pure structure, if it ever had that existence, and no one's ever seen it as pure structure, because even in those old photos that you've seen of the structure, there's still the support towers inside of it. Mm. So it has a very different density and also has a lot of diagonal structure in it, which is for wind loads, mm. which it doesn't need if it doesn't have a skin on it because the wind will just blow right through it. So if it's just a pure vertical horizontal structure with a lamella dome on the top, it's just... I thought, I thought for me, the dome was the most beautiful aspect of it because it's, it's actually curved. It actually has a curve. Sh- um, the beams are curved, literally curved, whereas the base structure, it's all straight sticks. Um, but as I'm building the, the base structure right now, it's about four feet in diameter. Uh, and the, the, the scale of it is about a 16th of an inch equals a foot. So the, 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 um, 
all the columns and beams are 30% less area than a matchstick. Like it's, that is how small, elegant this building is. You know, like it's, it's really incredible. Oh my and gosh. And when you look through it, you can see it as a hundred percent transparency. It's really hard to describe. I'll, I'll start photographing it better. Uh -huh. But if you turn your head, just crank off to the side and where all the columns start to collect, becomes almost totally opaque with structure. Like it's just, it's wow. amazing. Well, you did send me some some of the early photos of, of you putting that together, and I will I will attach them to the show notes of this yeah. episode, along with your website, which has a ton of mm -hmm. really great renderings and yeah, we built a drawings. computer model of it, which mm -hmm. was you know fun, but it's very easy to build a computer model because the Astrodome is actually very simple to build. Yeah, it's basically twelve pizza slices of structure. You just rotate them around the center. Okay. And in the computer, all you have to build is one of those slices and rotate it and around the center. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me how much you think this would cost to build. I, I put a price tag on it of $90 million to get it down to structure. But that would not include like all the infrastructural pieces. Mm -hmm. But the way we were thinking about it was that wouldn't it be amazing to have to sell each one of these infrastructural pieces, like the ramp that goes from the bottom to the top, the spiral ramp. Mm -hmm. Like, wouldn't there be some, you know, the Centennial Gardens was funded by, um, I forget now. McGovern. McGovern, yeah. McGovern mm -hmm. yeah. But there are a lot of people like that in Heinz, Heinz in here in Houston. And, you know, yeah. I mean, I would imagine a lot of people would want to put, you know, contribute to a project that has to do with public health. Mm -hmm. um, you know, getting people out doors and exercising. Right. You know. They don't have to go all the way two miles up the ramp. They can do whatever they want. They can do, you know, 10 feet and then the next week do 20 feet and, you know, in, in a year make it to the top, you know. Right, right. I, I just think all this infrastructure would just come over time. Mm -hmm. But just to strip it down to the structure and build the parking and no garden around it yet. We In our images, we show a garden. I think it would be 90 or $100 million. Yeah. And you've yeah. talked about having restaurants in there and... Well, we, we'd entertain that. We definitely have an idea of a museum in the parking level for, mm -hmm. you know, what all, you know, all about the Astrodome. Right. So... Right. Um, and I, I love the rendering with the, um, with the carnival, with yeah, all the rides. That would be amazing, right? That to would be in so those rides. Yeah. yeah, you could literally light it like with insane, you know, like changing colored lights. Right. And, or just like the hipster bulbs or whatever, the not, little not strings. Not familiar of, what you're yeah. talking about. <laughs> oh, they're in your backyard, right? <laughs> I haven't been to a restaurant in the last six hours, so I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and so how often do you visit the site? I, I've been there a few times. Like I said, I went to the um, the opening to the public, and mm -hmm. then I went, when I was living in Houston, I went like 10 times at least to yeah. photograph it and just try to understand it. Yeah. It's difficult to understand as a building because it, it does have a front and a back, believe it or not. Um, huh. and, what and the, differentiates the front and the back? Well, the back was where all the mechanical stuff came into the building and, and the electrical stuff came into the building. Yeah. So you really didn't want to see that. That's the side facing um, opposite the, the, the NRG stadium. Okay. Okay. Uh, where the NRG stadium is, that used to be the front. So you could actually... You know, and the cars used to be parked around it in a circle. <laughs> like it was real. It was really pure. This thing. It was just mm -hmm. like the yeah, architects designed like a radial parking lot, which probably wasn't that efficient, but it just went with the building. Uh, right, right. Um, 
But so if you really want to see the front, you can't because energy, you'd have to be standing on the 50 yard line of the football stadium. So you can't see the, mm-hmm. you can't see the front facade. How much time and how much money do you think you've spent on this? Oh my God. I, I don't even calculate the, 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 the money, but time, thousands of hours. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. No, it's insane. The, the model, I thought I could pull this model off for July 4th. That was the idea. Ben and I were going to come down here with this insane model. Right, right. And um, just and we, we, we designed it so it sits on a table, and then you could, you're on a swivel chair, and you stick your head through the table. Uh-huh. And it's the first time anyone would see this, the structure of this thing modeled physically like this, you know. And we thought it was, you know, we were going to drape it in American flags and pull the flag. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I thought I could pull this off in like a month. And this thing's going to take me at least six months to build. Oh, my gosh. You know, at least. And then how do you transport it? You drive, you just I, drive I think it I, I think I'll drive it when I, when I finish it. Yeah. Know? Yeah, I, 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 <laughs> I can't imagine putting that in a plane. <laughs> just, <laughs> that would be like suicide if that thing gets destroyed. But we love it. I, I don't, yeah. I, I'm not saying I'm a martyr or anything. I, 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 and I, I don't want to seem arrogant saying that structure is so beautiful, but I didn't design that structure. It's mm-hmm. uh, Walter P. Moore and Roof Structures Incorporated. And it's just, it's a, it's a marvel. Yeah. Well, I've I've loved talking to you about this. It's really I've I've learned a lot about the dome, and um, I'm I'm excited that someone like you is 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 pushing for this. Um, yeah. So I mean, that gets back to our grassroots thing. Is yeah. We really want to get people to like get signatures and then get those to Lena. We've had already many people write to Lena about it. And so Lena has said a couple of things that are important about the dome, which is one thing, it's not a priority, which is really interesting for her to say that. And the other thing is, what is the community getting? Mm-hmm. So she wants to understand what the community is getting. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't want it to become a white elephant. To tell you the truth, there's no example of a, foot, of a stadium that went obsolete that wasn't demolished in America. There just doesn't happen. Yankee Stadium was demolished. That's the house that Babe Ruth built. 27 World Series or whatever, I don't even know. They just knocked it down. Yeah. And it's in the middle of a super dense residential neighborhood. They, they blew it up. Yeah. So, and to tell you the truth, the new Yankee Stadium is so much better. I have to say, it's just, it's, a, it's an amazing experience. All right. So if you would like to learn more about this proposal, just go to adomepark.org and... I think everything you need to know is is there. And we're also Adome, Adome Park Instagram. You'll start to see um, pictures of the model developing. Okay. So we're going to kind of give people a little peek at the, how the model develops over time. Okay. Great. And James, every once in a while, we'll do something called a lightning round on Looped In. And usually it's very Houston-centric and we have lots of Houston questions, but I think we'll have to do a more bro- a broader sure. lightning round with you. If you are willing, it's just a series of questions that you have to answer lightning fast. Okay. Alan, are you ready for this? Sure, yeah. I'm we're going to go back and forth. Okay. I wasn't going to do it because I thought we were going to have two people here and that makes it just confusing, but Too just with one. Yeah. yeah, okay. So it's light, it's, it's fun. Mm-hmm. Just have fun. Okay. All right. <laughs> Favorite Houston building aside from the Astrodome? Oh, easy, Cam. Okay. Favorite Houston restaurant? Not so easy. Because yeah. <laughs> um, there are so many good ones. 
Yeah, I, well, I'm kind of a vegan, so. <laughs> oh. Which is, it's, yeah. Yeah, I do. I like that little vegan restaurant on, what's the name? I don't know. It's this little green shack. On green Seed, yeah. Green Blodgett Seed. And all, Blodgett and all yeah, 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 ah, yeah, yeah. Love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Probably your only <laughs> option, really. This <laughs> okay. is a little slow, but it's food is good. Yeah. Okay. Best place to walk in Houston? Oh, I would say Herman Park or the Bayous. Favorite place to walk in L.A.? Um, favorite place I love my neighborhood Silver Lake Silver Lake yeah do you know that song Walking in LA by um... yeah, Nobody Walks in LA right yeah who was that I, I'm again showing my Gen X my Gen X-ness but um, I love that band yeah that uh, was their one the hit blonde, that yeah was the blonde one. and on the record cover she had like all this cool makeup on I don't know yeah, I yeah, there's, that, there's actually a movement to walk in LA and then they do one walk every year like right the weekend before Thanksgiving yeah. A 15-mile walk. Missing persons. Missing persons. That, I think that's Was the that only Amy hit. Band? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you you weren't even born. No. It's a great, it's a great song. Yeah. Walking in Memphis. Sorry. <laughs> Not that one. Not that one. Oh, okay. Sorry. Okay. Um, I think you already answered this, but Bayou or Bio? Bayou. Bayou. Well, yeah, mm, that's, how, that's mm. what I say. A lot of people say Bio. Oh, really? Yeah. Is it, which one's correct? I'll go with the, the local pronunciation of it, but. Which one's correct? I only, I only I think hear they're both Bayou, correct. but okay. I've only ever heard Bayou, but if you talk to some of the oldest <laughs> Houstonian families, they yeah. say Bayo. Bayo. Yeah. Yeah. So I start to do it when I need um, to to affect um, localism. And Credibility. Certain, right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think I know the answer to this one too, but coffee or tea? Place to have it? No. Oh, coffee. Oh, coffee. Definitely. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was going to be tea. <laughs> Wilson, Morris, Crane, or Anderson? <laughs> That's a good one. Which one? Yeah. Oh, Morris. Morris. Sure. <laughs> you know, that is the firm that designed this building that we are sitting in at this very moment. And, po and the post office. Yeah. That we and talked the post about. office. Yeah. That's right. And they're all Rice graduates, I mm -hmm. think. Yeah. And the Rice Stadium, they did. Yeah, they did. Like Rice in Stadium. record time. Yep. All right. Using well, some of the columns that they used to build I-45. <laughs> they just took those same yeah, concrete forms right. yeah. to build the, the, yeah, the support columns no in Rice Stadium. Huh. Textile just sort of said, sure. <laughs> I love Looped In. <laughs> <laughs> so with that, I think we'll wrap up. Thank you so much for being here and sharing your, your vision and your dream. Thank you. Yeah. Stay in touch. And right. Alan, thank you Good for you. helping yeah. me yeah, do this. And um, you'll have to come back pleasure as always and listeners until next time please subscribe to looped in on apple podcasts or wherever you listen and we'd be grateful if you gave us a rating or a review if you like us that is but seriously we love feedback so if you have an idea for a show or just want to say hi you can reach me on facebook or twitter i am at n sarnoff thanks everyone